Time now for Soccer City. Six players in the wall for L.A. It's Niall McCabe. He goes for a goal and he scores. Niall McCabe around the wall. Powered by your Kentucky and Toyota dealers. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Eckage will strike and scores! Now, here are your hosts, Benton Newman, Zach Allen Kelly, and Jason Entz. Welcome to Soccer City Radio. My name is Benton. And I'm Zach. And we are live from the stadium. A special edition. Yes, we are here at the stadium during the Women's Cup. Right now, the LL Reign are about to play the... Say, are playing Club America. Second half's just about to kick off. Yeah, about to kick it off. And it's been a fun day of soccer so far. Had a two o'clock match. Tokyo Verde um, played uh, Tottenham. Had the uh, fifth, sixth place match. Yep. And then we got a match after this. So if you are listening and you are not here at the stadium, there's still time to get here to catch half of one match. And the full match of Racing Louisville versus AC Milan, that kicks off at 8 o'clock. It's an all day affair. Big day. Love love three game days. Absolutely, yeah. So very cool here that we're able to broadcast while watching some live soccer. Pretty great, yeah. So if we go quiet, it's because it got exciting. <laughs> we'll try not to do that though. <laughs> Speaking of which, I do want to bring up uh, the fill the fam effort. It went great for Louisville City. We're going to talk a lot about that here shortly. Fam got filled. Fam did get filled, but we're also trying to do that for Racing Louisville. So on the twenty seventh. Chicago Red Stars are coming to town, so we want to support the uh, ladies in Lavender for that match, so make sure you guys tune in. Same drills uh, as the Little City match. It's going to be fireworks, $2 beers before the game, uh, T-shirts, posters, the works, pulling out all the stops. It's going to be a fun fun day. So, Plus, Chicago, evening, I I, I, Chicago has traveled well for the other games that they've played us. So they do. They're one I of think the closer teams. That game is really going to be packed, and and there's going to be some away fans. I think that'll be a fun night. Yeah, I think. And, and racing is, I'd say they're about due for a win. They've gotten, you know, they've got a handful of draws recently, and we'll we'll talk a lot about that. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe having this big big crowd helping influence them might be that push over the edge that they're needing. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. But let's talk about the the match that was Louisville City versus Tampa Bay. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to call it the biggest regular season match for the club ever. Is that is that fair? I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I was saying that before the match, and I think it makes it a little bit better that we won that one. I mean, that's the, that's the most electric environment the stadium has had since it, since it was built. Even, even that, the, I have not felt a game like that since, like, the first or second championship. Yeah, it was it was truly a special night, and even the lead up to that match was pretty unique. It was one versus two in the East, arguably you know, two of the three top best teams in the yeah, league, two of the best defenses I mean, in the league. You have the history of our past few matches against them, which we have not won, um, and then you know combined with this with this effort to fill the stadium with a blackout, which a lot of people participated in, which was very cool to see. Um, it, and it was a really special night, you know, and the silver lining to all that was the weather was perfect, too. You know, it, <laughs> Plus, seemed, it seemed like it would have been our luck. It would have rained or something had, bad had, would happen. We had Jack Harlow here to come lead the chance, start the game <laughs> off. They didn't even advertise they that. all the stops. <laughs> he just showed up. That was great. Yeah, all the stops. We had the uh, the call of the post guy from um, from Churchill. He probably has an official name, right? The Bugler. 
It's got to be something different than that. And that's becoming a regular thing. Yeah, I, I like I'm that. enjoying that. And I like you, that. And then you had a guest appearance during the halftime contest from the dad from the McFarlands. Yeah, my uh, my wife pointed that out. I didn't know who he was, but apparently he's a he's a TikTok guy. Oh, those dudes are hilarious. It's <laughs> not like an old person. I feel like I don't know who uh, who these internet stars are. But. Well, I went to so I went to go walk down to the field to take some pictures, and the stairway down to the field. There was just like a giant crowd of teenagers like hovering around the entrance to the stairway. I had to like squeeze my way through to get there. I was like, what is going on? And then I realized that those were the stairs next to the guest suite that Jack Harlow was in. <laughs> oh. Yeah, see, I didn't get to do my, my little photography routine because I would brought a group of fans. But hey, they were all new fans. They hadn't been to a match before. And what a first match to attend. The attendance, 14,673. They got to see a match with that many people here in the stadium. A Louisville buzzing. City attendance record, because that is right at about 200 more than the, the first championship, which was the previous record. That was a special night, too. But, yes, I'm glad that we finally got to our, our big hurrah in the stadium. I kind of feel like that match was um, was almost a makeup for what would have been the very first match in Lynn Family Stadium, what yeah. we were supposed to have pre-pandemic, what we all had built up in our heads leading into it. Yeah, that, that's what we had stolen from us. What should have been the coronation. Yeah. Uh, so, also, good match on the field too. We got we had all the off the field stuff, and we got the, it was we we were spoiled. Outstanding, yeah. It was it was in, the most unique thing was is how outstanding our defense was during that matchup. Well, and to give props to Tammy, both defenses that was like true. that Absolutely was true. a grind of a of a defensive matchup. True, but I mean both sides. Tampa Bay unbeaten in seven. We shut them down. They didn't even get a shing, single shot on target. In that whole match. Seven-game win streak. Seven-game win streak. Not yes. just unbeaten. But I just know we on target. That's just an incredible stat to keep against such a huge team. They were one point behind us on the table. That's how, yeah. how narrow things were there. Got some I breathing room up there, finally. I know. I, can't, I still can't get over, over that particular statistic. And it wasn't like a single effort. It's not like Kyle Morton was standing on his head in that match. It was a full, it was a full team performance on that front. So a lot of, lot of outstanding work being done. And... Uh, the lineup was, was, I thought, interesting in the fact that we had Wilson Harris actually started on the on the bench for that one. Which I liked. I liked the idea of it. Yeah. I knew that going into this, Neil Collins is a is a smart coach. He's a tricky coach when he's very flexible, and so I, I saw that as my coach Cruz a little bit of some a little bit of a little chess action happening there, a little strategy gamesmanship. Plus, I mean, they've had a lot of success in this period where Harris uh, and Lancaster have been out. So, like, you know, why why, why break? <laughs> yeah. Why, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, I mean, it, it worked out probably almost it, almost how they were hoping best-case scenario would happen is that you know, Wilson comes on as an, as an impact. I saw him warming up. He happened to be kind of right in front of that area. I turned to my friend and I put at him at Wilson. I'm like, he's, he's the guy. He's going to come on. He's going to score basically right away. And he looks so smart because he did exactly <laughs> that. Well, yeah. I think – I mean, this—that was what was supposed to be the plan coming into the season. I mean, it got disrupted because mm-hmm. Lancaster got hurt early, and so he ended up starting. But I think, you know, the plan was like he's really good in the press. He's going to be fresh legs just to come in in the second half, and and he's getting. We're getting to see what I think the plan originally was. I'd argue that the plan probably would have been him and Cam up top, and it'd be a whole different formation. But to, but to your point, yes, that probably would have been a, been a heavy usage of him. It's as well. now two games in a row, or it's a. He just stole the ball from <laughs> from oh a center gosh. back and, and scored. He's done that a couple times this season. He is just a bully. I just think it's so impressive. He's so good in the press. He created that opportunity all by himself. I mean, I'm sure. It, it, I mean, 
it was a full team effort, and there had to be a lot of pressure applied to the other players up the pitch so they don't play a long ball. But for him just to go and strip that ball and take that shot and score the goal, outstanding. It was so much fun to see. And then neither of them got on the score sheet, but I thought it was a, just another great game from Ombi and Ray Therano. Um, Ray had a couple good opportunities, I, I thought. Um, and Ombi was up there like creating like he like he normally does. Uh, so especially against as good of a defense as Tampa has, I mean, you take you take what opportunities you can get. Yeah, what I really liked is I liked seeing um, both Manny and Ray on that uh, right hand flank. They're both so technically gifted that they were just causing a lot of problems on that side. Yeah. And so that was that was a lot of fun this season. That has become a really good both pairing oh, this yeah. season. Yeah, that Ray and Manny. Uh, yeah. Side of the field is I mean, dangerous. Yeah, they're some of the, they're they're exceptional. They're probably some of the the, the top technical performers, and I, I really liked the the game plan that that Coach Cruz ruled, um, ruled out. It seemed to kind of work according to plan. But again, like, like you kind of mentioned earlier, props to Tampa. They did awesome. They very much limited opportunities. I mean, neither team had an expected goal value above one in that one. It was very tight margins. Yeah, and, um, which I, I mean, both teams averaged less than one. Against yeah. so that's sort of what you expect coming into yeah. that game. But, but I mean, looking at the eye test, like it was all Louisville City start to finish. And if you told me that walking in into the match, I would have been ecstatic. I would have been thrilled. But I would not have guessed that that we would have dominated them so bad. I would have been confident that we could pull it off. But I thought it would have been closer. But we sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just can't get over how like convincing of a performance it was. Yeah, that was this statement win because you knew coming into there like. One goal is probably going to win that game, and so you want to you want to be on the front foot and getting opportunities in a game like that. I've been quite confident in Louisville City season for for obvious reasons, but now it's just like it's just skyrocketed even more. It's like what what can derail this team? What can stop them other than you know a bunch of injuries or, or fixture congestion? Who I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It's um, but I mean, speaking probably of which, they do top to bottom. Maybe the deepest roster the team's ever had. Oh, you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. I even went. On, I even went online in some sort of conversation we were having. I said I already feel comfortable calling this probably the the best Louisville City team. I think I've, I've seen enough where that's. I, I would put them against any what? of the others. Now, if they go the, to the same depth, like as far as winning hardware and whatnot, that's to be seen. But talent wise, I think they're the best. I think the standard of play in the league has gone up consistently since Louisville entered it, and. and that only makes it more that more much more convincing. Yeah, to be top of the league, I mean, they're. Um, they're I think they're. Uh, San Antonio has one game, or they have one game on. They have one game in hand against San Antonio, but San Antonio is up by four. Yes. Um, but they're leading. They're leading the East. They've got some room a little bit because of that win on Tampa between them and second place in the East. I mean, they are. Uh, the the. League Shield is very much in play oh, this season. Um, so, it most certainly I mean, is. And again, like with our depth, like it's very possible. And I'm just very excited about what this, this team could do. But well, it's not over yet. Still, uh, still, still, a lot of soccer left to be played in this regular season. Wait, we we can't we can't we can't skip over the fireworks though. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the fireworks. Can we celebrate every so win? much happening? Can we celebrate every fireworks? I don't know how expensive that would be because that was that was so much so. 
they advertise that game saying there's going to be post game fireworks, and I'm expecting like, okay, the game's going to end, and you know, from behind the screens, it's going to be like, boom, 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 and then yeah, that's that's it to celebrate the win. They had like a solid ten to fifteen minutes of fireworks after that game. Yeah, it was it that was a full game. show. And the optics, like all the pictures afterwards, seeing all the players going around clapping and celebrating with the fireworks going off. Turn all the, the purple lights on on yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah, the optics of that was very cool. So hats off whoever whoever procured the fireworks that like deserves a raise. That yeah. was that was way more than I was expecting. Yeah, I'd love to see that one pulled out again. That was that was really cool and and, and nice end cap for a, a, what was a special night. But the, uh, the segue I was trying to get to was that tough food stretch coming up for uh, for Little City. I think the next three years away, starting with a match to Detroit. Newcomers to the USL this season, and uh, they've done very well as far as new teams are concerned. They're very much in the playoff conversation. Most likely, will make it. Keywords: tough places to go play. That's. Yeah. That's a it's a rough road game. They uh, they have a very passionate fan base. I mean they they can't. I mean they pretty much see that their capacity, which is about a little over seven thousand. Yeah. They they do they do consistently very well, and their fans are very loud and very vocal. Um, yeah, it's a lot harder to play. It's an atmosphere. It's hard to play. It's a lot harder to play against a team in a seven thousand seat venue that's full. Versus a team in like a fifty thousand seat venue with seven thousand there, it's yeah. a completely different vibe. Exactly, exactly. So that that atmosphere itself will be challenging. And I mean, Detroit—they're no pushovers. We did see them earlier this season in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, we've we've played there. Kick. We've played away there before. So they, um, yeah. I guess technically that game was a draw. Um, technically, yes. Yeah. So I mean, and they are known. Uh, they are their, their strong suit is their defense more so than is their offense. From what I've looked at um, on, the, on the numbers, yeah, they've been very they defensively good, stout. This they season. got a good um, goalkeeper. Schweinsteiger is his name. Yeah, he looks. He looks kind of like Macklemore. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about him. Sure. Had, yeah, he's, right, he's had a very good. Sticks. He's had a very good season this year. Yes, and I mean, and let's not forget they have one Antoine Hopenau. Fan favorite who departed um, Louisville City after last season, and he's done very well. He's gotten five goals and five assists. On he the makes season. stuff happen up top. He does, yeah. I feel like he's getting a lot more. Um, I'm not gonna say a lot more service, a lot more opportunity with Detroit. I mean, we've got it front line here in, in Louisville City, so it's probably harder for him to get those opportunities. But in Detroit, he kind of gets to be the the main man there. So he's been doing a lot of great work for them. But you know, again, props to Detroit for for what they've done in their first. Uh, First year in this league, yeah. They were previously playing in other leagues, but they've they've done it right. They've built a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs, and that's I think that's an awesome accomplishment for year one. Yeah, regardless. And they did. Yeah. I think they transitioned leagues the way that I feel like is the right way to do it, which is like they held on to their core and then they sort of filled it out with with some USL players. Yeah, uh, but they didn't they didn't completely change the. The way the team is built. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I mean. In hindsight, a lot, I think a lot of people felt this is that how when FC Cincinnati left the USL to the MLS, there's a lot of hindsight bias, and I think some people may have thought that beforehand. They didn't keep that core; they just scrapped pretty much everything and started anew. And we saw how that went. Yeah, not well. No. So, props to that. I mean, it's not quite that same level of jump, but money yeah. wise, but still props to them. It's hard to change leagues and continue to succeed. Yeah, so that match will be this Saturday, and I think we got a number of Louisville City fans traveling up for that one. It's certainly on my short list of places that I'd like to go and see. The fun place to visit. Yeah, it looks it looks cool. Their venue again. I mean, it's not the biggest in the world. It's not. It's certainly not the newest, but like it seems like it has a very like unique, distinct, like lower level charm. I mean, it. this as a compliment. It reminds me of Manual Stadium. It, it, here in Louisville, because it's like in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. It's it's about the same size, I think. Um, 
Yeah, it, yeah, has, it, it has, has that vibe. Yeah, it has a distinct charm about it. something I, I, I like about it. It's not nice and new and flashy, but a different kind of yeah. style to it. So I like that. So we'll see how they do. Um, you know, again, yeah. Ooh, and a goal for Club America. Hey, there we go. Some excitement. Break the stalemate. one nothing for Club America over OL Reign. I'd like to see them advance because that's who racing. I want to. I want to see racing play play them yes. this tournament. Absolutely. So. Right now, it's looking like that's going to be the case. Well, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cut to a commercial break. When we get back, let's talk about racing. Some little bit of news. They played a match recently, and then we can kind of delve into some of the uh, women's, Pre- previous cup women's cup stuff. Absolutely. Right. So make sure you stay tuned here to six eighty one zero five seven. You're listening to Soccer City, powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. And welcome back to Soccer City Radio on ESPN 680-1057. I am Zach here again. And I'm Benton. And we are live from Lynn Family Stadium for the for the Women's Cup today. Uh, like we mentioned before the break, uh, Club America just went up one nothing over El Rain. The winner of this game will play the winner of the semifinal against AC Milan uh, this evening. Yes, and they play at 8 o'clock. And if you're listening from home, not too late to get tickets and come on down here and join us. It is a beautiful day. You just, you, not only will you get to watch that match at 8 o'clock, but if you get here soon, you can catch the rest of this match. It's only, what, the 64th minute? It's been a good match so far. Yeah, still plenty of time. Yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun. I'm sad I missed the uh, the two o'clock match. Didn't work out well for my my schedule, but uh, yeah, Tokyo was here watching before. It looks like they just left. They were in the seats sitting in front of us. Yeah, it was, I'm cool. I'm so glad that they managed to get Tokyo to come for this. It's yeah. like it is. You don't you do not get to see the Japanese teams play out of Japan often. So that was a. That was like a big get. I, now I feel like I was I was hoping on Sunday that Tokyo was going to beat AC Milan so that racing would play them. I yeah. thought that would have been been fun. I mean, I'm so happy that we get to play any any foreign teams. I'm certainly going to take AC Milan, but that's who I was rooting for in that matchup. Not to be though. That's okay. Yeah. It's always next year, right? <laughs> Maybe we come back. Who knows? Um, well, we got some we got the news. We got some racing news. You want to discuss some? We had some player moves. Yeah, um, interesting. So we um, new goalkeeper signed Kelsey Adowardy from a Swedish club. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that because it is very Swedish. Jurgardens, Jurgardens. Sure, sure. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, signed her in, and I know that seems like a weird head scratching move considering that. Uh, the fourth keeper. Yeah, that yeah very much has had her position under control, but. It seems like the move. I shouldn't even say seems. They basically, I'm right. Said is the plan is for um, for Hillary Beal and Jordan Blumer to to eventually go out and listen and get some minutes. Yeah. Which which you like? I mean, I like to see. I'd rather them go get some time, get some yeah. playing time, and, and learn to develop rather than just sitting on the bench and only get that that training opportunity. Yeah, and that with the way that the schedules work out, that means that both of them will probably miss a chunk of the end of this year or the start of this year, depending on how their loan works. Yeah. And so. You're gonna need someone as a backup. Yeah, and and provided that um, that Lunt stays healthy, you know that's that's totally okay. I just hope they have like a call option. You know, <laughs> that's that's in two in the weeds and what that what, what people care about on that on that. So we'll see. Right now, they haven't been loaned out anywhere. No news on that. But things like that's very much the plan. So it wouldn't be shocking if that came down the pipeline. Last Friday, we had a match, and one that racing fans were fearing a little bit. 
The worst case scenario did not happen. Yes. So I guess lead with that. <laughs> it, it was not as bad as we, we feared it would be. Yeah. Not, we weren't so much fearful of the... Oh, I was. I, 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 was, I, I had bad vibes going into the game. I was going to say we're not so much fearful about the, the tournament themselves, per se. Not to say that they're bad. They're, good. they're a good team. But we were fearful that one Ebony Salmon was going to score... Yeah, it seemed like, especially how she'd been playing recently, kind of seemed like we were, uh, <laughs> she was going to get one pass, and that was just going to be a tough pill to swallow for a racing fan. Hard to see. And we tried to hinder one at the start. She had a good look at, like, the five-minute mark. Yeah, it was not It was not a great start. Um, I mean, we, we talk about um, Katie Lent, how, how great she's been this season. She had a few weird sequences kind of early in that match. Didn't look up any goals or anything, but made say, some close... Also made a couple important saves to oh, him in the no, game. She certainly yeah. did. I, I would absolutely put her back in net again if it's choice. But a few sequences where things... <laughs> She made things a little closer than they needed to be. A few yeah. weird bobbles and, and whatnot here, there. That, I mean, that stuff. Almost ran stuff. out of the box holding the ball. But that, was, that was the big weird, weird play yeah. where she she was – her momentum was taking her out of the box, and she still had them on her hands. And so she just threw it down next to her. Yeah. But there were still Houston players in the area. Um, that was a pretty – yeah, that was, she, that was a scary moment. Yeah, a little frightening one. And, um, we were t- – um, I mean, we were talking before we, we went on here about this is that – the formation selection in this. I was not the formation, but the, I guess the I guess the player. I was a little uh, confused by the lineup. Yeah. So we we we've switched to two games in a row. We've played three a three back, um, which I think does make sense given some of the trouble the team has had. But I, I'm just a little confused. So Emily Fox is on is in the back three on the outside, and Julia Lester is playing on the wing. In the midfield, in the, the middle lineup, and I think in the game before too, it just—it seems like you maximize both players' ability. If you swap that there, I'm a little confused because I know coach has said in interviews that they want to see only Fox get more involved in the attack, and it—it it seems like if you're going to play a playback, that's like an ideal chance to get her involved in the attack by putting her in the midfield, where she's still—I mean, she's still going to be playing on the wing. You'll still get a little defensive help from her, but it's like. Not, that really helped gets her involved getting forward. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, w- it was a little odd. I don't mind the f- formational change. You know what? Actually, I'm going to immediately backtrack on that because it's my pet peeve, and this goes along with another point we haven't brought out yet. Is that the team did little to no pressing that entire match? Which well, it's just, which is understandable once you're kind of player, but they they weren't even pressing at the start of that game yes, when it was eleven eleven. But that was, I mean, one of the big talking points on. On why Ebony didn't you know, fit the system, that we want to play a pressing style, she doesn't press. But now all of a sudden we're tactically flexible. Yeah. Like that, that rubbed me a little wrong. Not that I'm an, an Ebony defender by any means, um, but like it's like why could we have been more adaptable earlier on? With that, I don't you know maybe 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 it's something he needs to learn along the way. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, just, I feel like I'm just creating excuses at that point. But that one did. I, I suspect, I mean, it was a little strange to me. I suspect that possibly they were because Emily Fox is also a really good defender. Yeah. So I think they may have been concerned uh, about shoring up the, the defense and wanted to keep Fox back there. For yeah. that. But it just seems like. But even the back three choice, like we we yeah. we don't yeah. really they, done that they, until until recently. Again, I'm fine with it. It's just why weren't we flexible sooner in this season? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who's to say? But that so that one that one like stuck out to me. And then yeah, the lack of pressing. But it was a. Uh, 
it was a challenging match. They were very much weathering the storm, and it did we not ended get... up switching back to the back four because one of the center backs got exactly thrown out lot. Right, right before the half. Yeah, Santana Murray, she uh, she got her um, two yellow cards, two yellow so cards. sent her off right before um, for the halftime break. So that that seems like it was a, the first card was a solid yellow, and the, the second card was a little soft, but also like you got to know when you're sitting on a card. Exactly, that's the point I was going to make. You just got you just can't put yourself in in those kind of positions, whether it is soft or not. That's you know, that's to be debated. You just don't don't be in that position. To begin Even with. if you get beat, you're probably better off getting beat and and having someone get a shot off than than playing down a player for over a half of a game. Yeah. So not ideal. I was feeling pretty pessimistic at that point, considering how the first half didn't go great. But I mean, the second half they they held on. If I were a Houston fan, I'd be furious. Oh game. man, because no, it was definitely they, Houston lost and not we through. Yeah. It's, uh, to go down, to to go up a player, but right before halftime, and then not to, be able to get a goal out of that and and get three points. Like so, you know. On the one hand, it, it's another draw. It's still, it's ten games winless mm-hmm. now, which is, does not feel great. Um, but like given the situation, like I mean, I I feel like Louisville feels better about that game than Houston does. For yeah. sure. I mean, pro- I mean, props to the racing players for. Keep you know keeping that as draw all things considered, but at the end of the day, it was definitely Houston just missing an opportunity, and I just I was left pretty flat about. It. I didn't feel good about that draw. There's some matches where you feel good about, like you know, like we we did well to get a point there, and and I don't know that just left me a bit frustrated. I just did not like that match and and how things panned out there. Not that I was expecting a win or anything, but just how it went down was yeah. was unsatisfying. It wasn't one of those matches where the redeeming qualities that we played well. We played like. Okay. They, they gutted it out. Is a, is a, gutted it out. A yes. gutsy, gutsy performance on that gutsy's one. Gutsy's a good way to put it. Gritty. Gritty. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Well, it wasn't. Um, but hey, you know what? It's not a loss. I got it happy. Cup, uh, glass half full, right? Yeah. So, But now, it's on the Women's Cup. Uh, opportunity for us to win some hard and for racing. Defending Women's Cup champions. Yes. Racing Louisville. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, on Sunday, we had a, we had a few matches. We that had set all of the up. international teams played on Sunday. Yeah, you want to walk us through some of the matches? Yeah. So Sunday we had um, AC Milan played Tokyo Verde um, and Club America played Tottenham. Um, uh, I the first matchup was was AC Milan and Tokyo, and I I thought both teams play pretty well. I mean, it's like it's preseason for them, so everyone's gonna be a little rusty. It did yeah. seem like. Um, like Tokyo, Tokyo's game plan was lo- like a lot of attacking on the sides and putting balls into the box. And Milan was so much taller than them that it just seemed like maybe it was not not the best plan. But but I do think like I watched that game and felt like it was closer than what three one scoreline might um, indicate. No, I mean, let me ask, let me ask you this: When I whenever I see a team's tactic is just run it down the sideline and just kick the ball into the mixer, it just strikes me as not well coached or organized. Was that do you I mean, think no, that's they, the case, or was that well very organized? organized? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that was very intense. Their passing choice. was very crisp, like okay. and and like they they not made some adjustments, and, but it just seemed like um, like physically AC Milan, their their forwards overpowered them a bit. That gave Milan the. The, the advantage in that game. They're organized, but maybe not adaptable like they should have yeah. been. Yeah, I think, yeah, once you see, once you see, like, how big the AC Milan team is, like, I think, I think 
sending sending ball from the sidelines is probably not going to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to note like some neat, some interesting lineup things. So uh, uh, Tokyo had a sixteen-year-old start at forward for him. Uh, yeah. It was uh, uh, what was her? oh Moka Hiwatari. Um, so love to see, especially in like a, a tournament like this where it's like it's not the season. You know, it's sort of preseason for them. Love seeing play the kids. Well, um, if only we had a player under 18 that could play for racing. Yeah, if only that was allowed. Get your act together, NWSL. Let Ella play. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> right. I had, yeah, yeah, I had, I had to play. That's just Twitter. frustrating to see. Yeah, <laughs> create a hashtag. Let's get it trending. Um, I did think, yeah, uh, from the Milan side, I thought Aslani, she, she's new to the team. They, they just picked her up, and she checked in in the second half and just was immediately... Uh, like had an imprint on the game, uh, so she looks very good. I am I am a little concerned in the matchup with with racing. I think she is going to be trouble for them. All right. Well, we need to go ahead and cut to our last commercial break. When we get back, we're going to finish talking about the matches from on Sunday, what we've seen thus far today, and what we have going forward in the Women's Cup. So right. make sure you stay tuned here at ESPN 680 105 session. You're locked on Soccer City, powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. Welcome back to Soccer City, 680-1057. My name's Benson. I'm Zach. We're all even here at Lincoln Stadium. It was a spectacular strike from the top box up into the top right corner of the net. Oh, up one one. Yeah. Ah, I'm still cheering on Club America. That's who I want to say racing play. I might get to see some penalty kicks, though. It's always fun. Hey, free extra time. Free soccer. Free soccer. And there's still time to get down here if you're not here yet. This game's winding down. Might not make this one. But you can come and catch all of race at Louisville's match as they play AC Milan next. At 8 so, o'clock. 8 o'clock. So when we left off, we were talking about some of the previous matches that had happened. We talked about um, AC Milan beating Tokyo Verte. Zach, why don't you talk to us about Club America beating Tottenham? Yes, so, okay. two-one game, Sunday, and unlike the first one where there's was three-one, and I thought it actually felt a lot closer to the scoreline. Two-one, uh, uh, I think, maybe makes that game look a lot closer than it actually was. Uh, I, I thought Club America looked really good in that game. Uh, they were um, giving Tottenham's backline trouble the whole game, and. and Pulling them off of balls. Uh, I, also, I was really impressed. Club America, um, it, it, it felt like about twice as many people were in the stadium for that. It was the second game of the day. Um, they, they had like a, a decent clearing section here in the stadium. Like it, you could, on the feed, watching it live, you could hear the crowd uh, getting into it. They, they just, yeah. Uh, I, it was a great Great move by the tournament to bring in a team like Club America. Oh, absolutely! I heard nothing but rave reviews about those fans. They were they were passionate. They were into it. It was exciting. Um, so excited to have a team like that into the mix. And you know, I, I, Tottenham is the first game. They're you know, pretty sluggish and whatnot. So, so it, you know, they just weren't getting fast enough to to take on Club America. But hey, that's kind of who I went to advance Club America. So yeah, it's, I'm excited about that. Club America was the big question for me coming in here because uh, I. I just was unsure, um, you know, how high the standard of play in League MX is in in the women's league there. Um, but they have looked very good so far 
uh, here at the tournament. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I think that's the whole thing about this tournament is that there's just it, a lot of question marks. We haven't seen pretty much any of these leagues pair up with one another. Um, so, I mean, all these combinations were, were new. We didn't have we've not we have anything to go off of as far as comparing them. Yep. So it's really kind of cool, not only for the teams that are participating, but for, for other outside spectators to kind of see how do these, uh, these leagues kind of align, like yeah, play style and, um, and whatnot. I mean, it's not a complete sample, but it's more than we've had before. Well, it's great to get to see some big name teams here in Louisville too. Like Club America, like absolutely. What other opportunity are you going to have to see them play? Oh, AC Milan, truly special. Uh, Tottenham, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun um, with that. So earlier today it was Tokyo versus Tottenham. Um, Again, you know, Tottenham just really still trying to kick it in the gear, looking a little probably. A little and they, they were sort of figuring, figuring things out for the season. They, of all of the teams, they're the ones that really most looked like a preseason tournament yeah. for them. Yeah, and that's, and that's the one downside of this, uh, of, I guess, of of this yeah. timing for this tournament in relation to some of these international clubs. They're just kind of starting to get into gear. Meanwhile, we're in the, right in the middle of our season, we're in the heat of it. Our teams, our teams are ready to, and good to go. And in fact, kind of speaking of which, just a few moments ago, Earl Rain scored another goal. They're up to one in the dreams of Club America playing a race team. are slipping away a little bit. Still time, but... Well, depending on how that's going to I would rather them play the winner of this game, but they're playing someone from here either way. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, the Saturday game, winners of these two play each other and the losers of these two play each other on Saturday. So we're getting a racing game no matter what on Saturday. Yep. True. Okay, yeah, true. True. A good way of thinking about that. So, um, well, we have Mr. Jonathan Lintner here. We want to ask him about the Phil the Fam effort for Louisville City's match and how the Women's Cup of God. He's been a busy man recently. So, I want to see how things have been going on his end. Jonathan, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Um, yeah, busy, busy few days. <laughs> I can see it in your face. You've been a hardworking man. First off, can you talk to us a little bit about the, the Tampa Bay match and the Phil the Fam? excitement yeah i think that turned out to be probably what everybody envisioned a little city game would be when we built the stadium here um a number of different factors it took us a couple of years to get to that so uh you know hopefully as we move forward a big exercise for us internally was to do a lot of different things to promote the game and to build things around the nation that would bring your non-soccer fan down here as we maybe for the first time and then as a staff say how do we do that how can we replicate it so for us, it's a great one night, but we think it is the start of a lot of nights that can be just like that. And, and I don't mean to say that we need to have people packed significantly into the GA sections every time, but we need to get some more seats full. We need to get that supporter section full every game. Absolutely. Now, I don't know how much you guys are able to track on this, but I know you did a lot of ticket sales for this matchup. Do you know how many of them were kind of first-time attendees or people who hadn't been since maybe the slugger days? I have not seen the breakdown yet just because uh, we've gone straight from that to we were back here on Sunday for two games and we're back here today for three games. So I have not gotten the, the full breakdown of this yet, but we do know we knew going into it that a lot of people were coming for the first time. And, and this was something I said uh, when I was on Drew Diener's show on Monday morning to talk about it. I, I run into it every single day. Somebody says, oh, you work for Louisville City. I enjoy the team. The team is great. I love the team. And then my favorite thing to say is, oh, yeah, when, when's the last game? I remember the time you came to a game. And it's always, well, I've been meaning to get to one, or we went to one at Slugger. And, and there's a lot of them kind of lip service toward the team and the city. And, it, it you know, at some point, they win. I mean, great characters on the team, great facility. This is all local. It's it's privately funded, etc. 
there's so many reasons to come and support this. And, and so we want to give everybody a reason to come and do that and, and kind of stop saying, well, I'd love to go and just say, this is the one you need to go to. I mean, a relative to a lot of other, other leagues around the country. I mean, the soccer teams that we have here, it's a very affordable outing for families. And whatnot. It's a fun time. I've even talked about, you can have a lot of people come to the matches that it's just the atmosphere you can be a part of. You hang out at the, the largest outside bar in the, in the state. You should have a good old time. Enjoy the weather. For me, it, Louisville City really completes the sporting calendar here. Uh, you know, growing up in Louisville, like the summers are really boring because I don't, it's it's exciting to talk about U of O football and U football. But when it's June, it's like, come on, guys. And, and I think that Little City, being as competitive they are, and, and getting opportunities to it's go to finals and win finals and win big open cup games, you know, regardless of whether you're an MLS, I think everybody knows they're an extremely competitive group. You come out to the game, and you're like, this is a real environment where the stands can impact the field. And we've never had that in June, July, and August in Louisville. You've always had to wait for the college season to start again. So it really kind of brings the sporting calendar full circle to something like that here. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm assuming you probably had a little bit of opportunity to maybe talk with Coach Cruz or some of the players since then. How excited were they about having such a big win under their belts? Yeah, you always wonder going to that, like, are they going to play tighter because of it, or are they going to break it? And you could tell, I mean, even in, in a lot of the stuff that I think video was put out from the locker room after the game, is like they were embracing the opportunity. And, and I really like when Danny, you know, I think the, the word he gave, we need to maybe get a T-shirt, that he said that Louisville City fight. Uh, and I really liked that from him because I think that says a lot about our team. And um, they loved it. I mean, it's him jumping around after the game, and, and there was a lot of cool moments between – you know, the supporter section that was still going, it was like five, ten minutes after the game, still chanting, and, and I don't know, it was just a lot of things, I think, culminated on, on a new special night. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it's not our only opportunity to film, film the fam mm-hmm. this year. We're also um, doing a similar promotion for racing coming up on the 27th. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, maybe what people can expect for the racing game? I, I, I hear we're going to have fireworks again. Which I was very impressed with the fireworks. Yeah, the city game. Yeah, we. Uh, you never know what the fireworks like what the view is going to be like. But we were like okay. two for two on fireworks between thunder and that. I think in terms of that being a, a good experience. So, uh, yeah, we, on August twenty seventh, racing hosts Chicago Red Stars. We don't really have a rival, I would say, in the NWSL, but the closest thing to it in terms of geography it made a lot of sense to do it with Chicago and. Also, again, it's before the you know the college football season starts, so it's it's really that final weekend where we have a ton of where we don't have a ton of competition, and uh, it'll be kind of the same drill: um, t-shirt giveaway, uh, poster giveaway, all these different kind of giveaways going on around the game. And we are not necessarily trying to sell the stadium out. Of course, we would love to do that. But more realistically, is we would like to set a new record for a race carnival game in Lynn Family Stadium, which is, I believe, about eighty-four. 8,500. So yeah. I personally want to see, I want to see us get past that 10 K number for yeah. racing. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a big milestone. I think it'd be awesome. Um, and, and I think part of that is on us to, to maybe win a game or two between now and then. And, and you know, start to show, I think that the potential of the team, I mean, we, we talk about it every week and I, I feel bad for Kim every time we make him stand in front of a microphone after a game where it's kind of like, okay, you, you had your chances and, they might have had a few less than you, and they kicked them. You know, it's just it's just frustrating that, that we're not getting the wins right now uh, because we've seen so much come together on the field. I think the Women's Cup is a great opportunity, though, to try something different, um, maybe put your new players in the lineup and, and win some games. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the Women's Cup, we're here, we're here tonight for it. Do you want to talk a little bit about 
I mean, from from your guys' end, what's it like to host an event like this mid-season? I mean, I'm sure you and we've got two fill the set. Productions going on. There's just a lot going on right in front of like how how have things been as the hosts for the host? Yeah, th- this one's a little different. We we are the host club certainly in the host stadium, but there there was a group that runs this event, um, and it's actually the same group that did. If you remember when Racing Louisville played at Daytona International Speedway, it's the same group um, that ran both of those games. So. We have had for a long time an interest in, in big international type of competitions. I think somewhere on their resume is they've hosted uh, Messi and the Argentinian national teams. They have a lot of connections to bring teams like this here. And, and for us, I think as the snow like we just try to lay the red carpet out and maybe purple carpet, I should say, and make sure that all the teams are accommodated. Um, you know, make sure that the event is um, accessible to everybody. And, and that's the feedback we've been getting is, is you've got teams like Tottenham Hotspur that, you know, I think a lot of people know what their facility looks like. They're training on our grounds this week, and they're saying that this is world-class and that they're getting everything they need. And I think that that's, uh, that's a pretty special thing to say. You know, when we're in Louisville, Kentucky, and we're on year two of professional women's soccer here. Now we're here with Jonathan Littner, I'm part of the community questions team for soccer holdings. Uh, Jonathan, what has been the um, – I'm assuming you've probably got to talk to the players a little bit about this, but what are the players' thoughts on a tournament like this? I mean, I'm sure it goes both ways because on on the one hand, it's like, oh, man, it's another game, right? But if you're a player who is on the bench or maybe not getting the minutes that you want, it's also an opportunity. Uh, and now I think I can say – I don't want to spoil it too much because it's you know, 648, but you'll see our lineup come out and you'll say, like, Racing Louisville is – they're playing to win tonight. So it's like there's a lot of excitement um, in what we're trying to do. And, and I was selfishly – and I think you already said this – I was hoping Club America would win this game it would be AC Milan because I think that'd be a fun environment on Saturday. Yeah, that's the, and, that's the matchup that I was uh, really hoping. We're running out of time though for that. So yeah, yeah. Right now we're, we're in the midst of stoppage time, and OL Reigns still up two to one over Club America, and it looks like Club America might be playing in that third and fourth match. You know, hopefully the race doesn't end up there. Hopefully we win and beat AC Milan, but I guess the silver line could be if we did lose, we would play Club America in that scenario. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to work it out. I really want that one to happen. We, we really, we need to win tonight. We need to win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, to, to your point earlier, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's part of the part of Phil in the stadium is, is falling on racing and their performances. Man, I feel like they're so close. There's so many positives about this team and a lot of a lot of close performances. Just we're looking for for something to to get it over that edge, and I'm hoping maybe a nice atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be really different. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think there's a lot of realities at, at play there, and that um, you know, this is not the same racing team we had last year, roster-wise. Um, but it never was going to be. I mean, the, the way that the the league set us up, the expansion, and and what we were picking in that draft. I mean, this I think was was always going to happen because it, it had to happen. Uh, you were going to have some success stories, but the reality is, you know, most of who we we picked out of that draft was untested in professional soccer, and and was. You had to go through some growing pains to get where we are, um, and, and I think we have had a very active transfer window. And now, as our jobs as a communication staff is to tell the story of these new players and, and why we think they're special, and then also I think we'll have some good news in, in the next few weeks regarding a lot of the, the young pieces on the roster and, and you know them wanting to stay here in the, in the form of new contracts. So I don't think I think we're off from saying okay. You know, maybe similar to how Louisville City has carried over a team from season to season, like trying to find that new status for racing and keep them together. I've I've long been a proponent that that's been one of the critical key elements for Louisville City's success is that they had very little turnover in a league in which that was the norm. 
a lot that's changed recently in the USL, but that was part of the reason for their early success. Talking about some of the players, we talked a little bit earlier about how a new goalkeeper came in, and it seems like the plan is for Henry Beal and Jordan Bloomer to be going out alone. Excuse me. Any idea of when they might come down the pipeline or where they may be looking to get some minutes? Or is that information you can't share? Uh, I'm sure I can say something about that. I don't know. Uh, I've heard Australia. I haven't heard exact clubs. But essentially, if you have a fourth goalkeeper, that means if we find a destination for them before our season ends, they can go and they can play the full season there and get that experience um, and not have to come in. You know, they can go in even maybe for the preseason and, and experience that and actually win the starting job because the whole point of that would be to, you know, hopefully they go there and they actually get to play. Um, you know, another, another thing I'll say about Kim is he keeps his training sessions pretty short and concise. And if you got four goalkeepers there, you can put two small-sided games at one time. And, I mean, it's just small things like that when somebody looks at it and they're like, why would we need a fourth goalkeeper when we could use another defender, etc.? It's like this move does make sense if you're around training every day and, and you see what's going on. Now, um, kind of speaking about Kim, is he pretty satisfied on where the, where the roster is, is sitting at currently, or is, or is there any other big moves that he's eventually hoping to make? Because I know we had a lot of a lot of turnover and change to begin, which I mean, that's kind of that's almost kind of a norm with the regime change, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm going like super cliche here, but if the window is open, I can say that like we're working on something. Um, I've heard a, a couple of rumors around the office of things that that we might be trying to bring players in, but their their goal is to bring in you know, international talents that make a splash. And I think that you've seen that in the window, um, obviously with uh, Tembi Katlana, that did not work out um, given her injury. But then, you know, Wong Tong, I, I had, I didn't know how big of a deal she was until we signed her. And suddenly, we, you know, she's playing a few minutes in Houston. She's got an entire section of people from China there just to see her. And, um, so that, that was special. And, and I think, you, you know, the idea, I mentioned kind of a, a nucleus and a core of a team. You want to have that group of American players who are coming through the system here. So you want them to see our ambition in the international market and fill those slots and say, okay, this is a team that's trying to win right here with these type of players. Absolutely. Now, I believe I saw online that you're um, running some sort of sales on the on the season tickets packages in relation to um, getting tickets for the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah, I believe if you – so we, we are underway with the renewal process this, this month, which is going really well. Uh, our retention rates for next year super positive. Um, but there's also some deals if you want to give our ticket. The staff has a call during business hours. It's 502-LUCITY, where you can email tickets at lucity.com. I believe – I believe that if you uh, – purchase a, t- a season ticket for next season there, there's a process to where you'll get opted in through the remaining games this year as well so there's nice a lot of cool deal. stuff going on and, and i can say moving forward because we get questions all the time about the value of a season ticket and what it means beyond just saving over a year we'll one ticket you know we, we tried a lot of stuff in the beginning of the season COVID got hot again and we stopped and we had to back off and so i think as we move forward there's a lot of cool things that we can do for fan interaction wise with the team and just you hear all the time people say, oh, I want more information on this or more information on that. And, you know, we're sort of asking us directly on Twitter, which anybody who wants to do that, they can. I think I get back to every single person who ever asked me anything. Um, it would be nice to do, you know, some supporter type of things where people can just come in and it's like a round table for our season ticket holders. So we're talking about some, some fun things next year that uh, I think will make somebody – who gets a season ticket feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than just showing up every other Saturday. That's exciting. I, I, it's my understanding that the NWSL has been um, has been more restrictive on the COVID front, kind of limiting your your 
the things that you could do on the racing side of the ball. I mean, with Louisville City, you've done some pretty cool things, like the post-match um, beer garden, uh, the celebrating the wins, things like that. Really cool. Um, people like to engage with them. And, and one thing I continually applaud the team on, particularly racing, is they do such a good job interacting with all the fans and the match, everybody wanting uh, you know, pictures and autographs. They take all the time in the world. And again, that's I think that's another special selling point of the, club, um, the clubs in the city is – the accessibility to these professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and they, it's not something they complain about. It's something where they're like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll do that interview, but I need to go do my autographs first. Um, and so you can see kind of where their mindsets are. And, and it's always been like that for global city. I think they were very mother built on community and, and the number of things they got out and did. Um, now that we have our own place and people can kind of come to us and it's, it's just cool to see that, that interaction and, and just kind of all the, the photos and moments, especially with racing and like girls and professional athletes, like something we've never had in the city before now. Yeah. Been, speaking of racing, I did see, um, for the, the, the game on the 27th, uh, I think, uh, JCPS can get $5 tickets with their, their email to that. Are there any other promotions going on c- coming up that people should know about? So we did the, the big flash sale that uh, I, I think was what really packed the open all in. We did that for racing as well. So we sold a few hundred there. And, and I think you're referring to the student ticket offer. So if, it's not just JCPF. If you have a .dot email okay. and you're a student, you can go as well for $5.02. So 502. Um, and, and we have a full list of promotions for that August 27th game. I, anybody who's interested, I, I would encourage you to go to racingluefc.com slash fill the fam um, the full list is there so you know all the free stuff that comes with it including the fireworks and then tickets and parking so i think we'll get there um i've seen a few few projections you know you mentioned ten thousand. i think that'd be awesome um i think if we get weather like this week and what we had last saturday that's that's realistic well, Jonathan, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, for, for those just tuning in here, awesome. Jonathan Littner from the communications department at uh, Louisville City and Racing Louisville. It makes it sound big. Oh, <laughs> big official. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. So we got a few minutes left here. Um, we kind of know what Louisville City's future looks like as long as they keep winning. <laughs> Destiny's in their hands that they're probably going to win the thanks. East and they have a good shot at win, win this. Like, all positive there. I want to get your thoughts on... Where does racing go from here? I don't think they're technically knocked out of the of the playoff picture for the NWSL, but like, let's be honest, like, it doesn't seem like it's really in the mix. It feels like a lot's up in the air right now. I mean, we mentioned we turned over. It, it, not only do we not have the team we had last year, we don't have the team we had at the start of this year, mm-hmm. even. Um, like, I, I think they're still alive, because the, the standings are very tight in the NWSL this season. So, like... It, they want to run. They could theoretically make the playoffs. I, the question is, like, do they have that run in them? Like, we've seen the standard of play go up. We've seen them do well in some games, but they're still not getting wins. Like, um, I guess the question is, what what can they do at this point to take that next step to convert them into good outings into into points? Yeah, I mean. One one thing that's kind of gotten me about the, the, this team, and, and I noticed with like Louisville City and any other winning team, is that winning teams they do sell passing, and I think that's still an area of opportunity for racing. Yeah. And we have a lot of young players, and like you said before, a lot of players, they're like a lot of new players together. Yeah. I think as that as you start to build more and more of that rapport, 
you're going to see better passing, which is going to give more opportunities to be in dangerous areas and keep the ball out of their side of things. And moving forward with the moves they've been making, I'm feeling better and better about the attack. I, I think the place that the team still needs to build is that ball back. I think we're still a couple more signs away from really having our liver die better line for next season. Yeah. I'm, things are definitely going in the right direction. I'm very optimistic. If you're not already involved with racing, now's the time to get on. Buy that stock low. Ride it high. Be one of the 10,000 at that game on the 26th. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Come here tonight. Watch watch them play AC Milan, and then on Saturday, depending on if they play. So thank you guys for tuning in to Parker City Radio 680. What? No, 5-7.